I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, a day for remembering. A day for remembering. A day for remembering. It's Memorial Day. And we want to commit our hearts now to remember those who serve in the military, those who have served, and those who have lost friends and loved ones in the military. It's, it's uh, essential that uh, the media be with me for this to be effective, so I'm going to give them a moment to catch up with us here. We're taking them pretty fast, aren't we, today? Well, you're going to need to take your Bible or your phone or your iPad or something because our primary passage is in John 15. John chapter 15, verse 12. Jesus said, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. That key verse, or part of the verse, verse 13, is the fundamental premise of our message this morning. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. How many of you remember 9-11? How many remember where you were that day? Those planes were flying into the World Trade Center. I have a picture of the Navy's amphibious assault ship, USS New York, and it has a lot of history and it is worthy of memory because it is a symbol of memory. It's a symbol of 9-11. It was built, you see, with 24 tons of steel, scrap steel that came from the World Trade Center. And the USS New York launched in mid-2007. It was interrupted for a while, at least a couple of weeks, by Hurricane Katrina. We remember her very well, too, don't we? But it soon uh, was over and construction was continued. And this 684-foot vessel escaped serious damage and the workers were back. And uh, this was done... Uh, near New Orleans. Uh, construction workers, as they worked on it, had hoped that it would somehow be useful in taking bin Laden and his terrorist group out. Well, we know that was done in another way, don't we? The steel from the World Trade Center was melted down in a foundry in Amite, Louisiana. That's 70, a little over 73 miles north of New Orleans. And the steel was used to cast the ship's bow section. And when it was poured into the molds, this article I'm referring to now, it's in my files, on September 9, 2003, uh, the Navy captain who was in charge of overseeing it uh, his name was Kevin Wensing, and he was there. And he said, those big rough steel workers treated that steel with total reverence. He said, I recall that it was almost a spiritual moment for everybody there. 
And in fact, Junior Chavers, the foundry operations manager, uh, said that when the Trade Center steel first arrived, he went over and just put his hand on it. And he said, when I touched it, he said, the hair on my neck stood up. He said it had a big meaning to it for all of us. And then he quoted former President George Bush. And you'll remember him saying these words with that megaphone standing on top of the rubble in New York. They knocked us down. They can't keep us down. We're going to be back. And then once the ship was completed and it was launched in mid-2007, it bore the motto, you know what it was? Never forget. Say that with me, will you? Never forget. Well, that was chosen for a purpose because they knew that if we forget our past, history most likely will have a good way of repeating itself. Have you ever heard that before? And so I never want to forget those who have given their lives in service for the freedom of this country, and especially those who have lost their lives, those who've lost sons and daughters and husbands and mothers, and brothers and sisters and fathers uh, for the freedoms that we enjoy. Friends, I don't have to tell you, we have incredible freedoms in America. Yes, even still in spite of all the junk that's going on. We have freedom to live and to work where we want to live. We have freedom to pursue accomplishment where we want to pursue accomplishment. We have freedom to worship God. We have freedom to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have freedom to worship the God we want to worship. And thank God we worship the true and the living God, Jehovah, hallelujah. So it's extremely important that we remember the price of freedoms. And that price is the lives that were lost fighting the wars of this country. And so we must honor them. It is our privilege to honor them. And we must remember them. And we must remember to pray for their families. Can you say amen? A lot of people joke about remembering and forgetting, especially when you start having more and more birthdays. People tease you about that sometimes. Have you been teased lately about that? It's like the story of the three older sisters who were living together. One sister got up to go to bed, and she was halfway up the stairs, and she turned around and said, what did I come up here for? And one sister downstairs said, you replied with a little aggravation in her voice, you were going up to bed. The second sister downstairs got up to go into the kitchen to get her something to eat. And when she got in there, she said, what did I come in here for? And the sister that was still downstairs, a little more annoyed this time, said, you went in there to make yourself a sandwich. And then she said, I sure am glad I'm not as forgetful as the both of you. And then she knocked on wood. And then she got up and went to the door and said, who's there? It happens to the best of us, doesn't it? But forgetting those who fought for our freedom is not a laughing matter. It's not a joking matter. And so we don't joke about it this morning. President Woodrow Wilson said it well. A nation that does not remember what it was yesterday 
does not know what it is today or what it is trying to do. We're about a, we're about a futile thing if we do not know where we came from or what we have been about. Think that over. And if you have people that are wanting to tear down and change history and revise it, then remind them of how important it is that we stand on the shoulders of those who are a part of that history. Agree with them or not, we have history that we dare not destroy. Can you say amen to that? In fact, the Bible is filled with passages that exhort us to remember. Remember well what the Lord your God did, Deuteronomy 7, 18. Remember the wonders he has done, Psalm 105, verse 5. You remember how Joshua, as they were coming after traversing through the wilderness for 40 years, and now they come back to the Jordan, and again, the God of miracles, just as he did and dried up the Red Sea so they could cross on dry ground, He's now about to do it again in the Jordan. And when that occurred and he walked through the Jordan, he told the 12 leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel, see these stones? I want you to get 12 of them. And I want you to make a monument over here. What did he do that for? He said, when those who come behind us ask you, what mean ye? What do these stones mean? What are these for? Then you're able to tell them all about the goodness of God and how God brought you through and how he is the same and he will do it for you if you'll keep your trust and your faith in him. Memory. In the Ephesian letter, chapter 2, verse 12, beginning, Paul exhorts the Ephesian church, remember that in the past you were without Christ. You were not citizens of Israel and you had no part of the agreements with the promise that God made to his people. You had no hope. And you did not know God. But now in Christ. Remember this he said. Now in Christ Jesus. You who were far away from God. Are brought near through the blood of Christ. Death. Hallelujah. There are so many more passages in the word of God. Urging us to remember. Thank you so much. And those passages are among over 100 of them. That exhort us to remember. And so today we pause to remember our freedoms. We pause to remember those who fought for our freedoms. I don't know if you know it. I wasn't fully aware of of it until I began to study this, that statistics say there are over 37 million men and women who have served in the military since our country began. 37 million of them. That's a lot of people since our country came into existence. And so what do we need to remember today? What do we need to remember on Memorial Day tomorrow? Well, here's number one. On Memorial Day, we need to remember their sacrifice. You see, love involves sacrifice. In fact, love requires sacrifice. The Bible wants us to know that. And I want to ask you this morning, when you think about it, who has sacrificed more than the American soldier? in the United States for the freedoms that we enjoy. Do you have all of those slides? You put that picture of that soldier up there. Have you got that? Well, we've got the beginning slide. Oh, that's a different one. You made a new one for me. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So you're just gonna have to trust me. You're not gonna see pictures. 
Even though a picture has a, is worth a thousand words, I wanted to abbreviate my message so I wouldn't have to, may I, I may have to go a thousand words now or more. Let's go. In just over 200 years, many loved ones have waved their final goodbye to more than one million men and women out of that 37 million who have served more than a million. In fact, it's almost a million and a quarter if the numbers are right and the records are true. I looked at the Department of Defense. Rewind the tape with me a little bit and let's just go back in our history. This is not all battles of America and wars, <clears throat> but start first in the Revolutionary War, in the War of 1812. 6,695 6, lives were lost. World War I, 53,402. World War II, 291,557. The Korean War, they call it a conflict. It was a war. When people die and shoot each other, that's a war. 33,741. Vietnam Wars, 47,410. The Gulf War, 147 lives. The Iraq War, 4,424. Afghanistan, and they're still trying to get troops out. The longest war in America's history. We're still trying to get men and women out of there. 2,000. 312, the latest count I have. Again, that verse 13 says, no one has greater love than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. I say to you, my friends, this morning, these patriots have freely and valiantly sacrificed their lives on the altar of freedom for you and me, and they are deserving of our highest honor and our salute and our memory. Can you say amen to that? Amen. The second thing we need to remember is their service. Service, that's a key word. The American soldier serves, whether it's Army or Air Force or uh, Navy or Marines or Coast Guard, whatever branch of the service. They are soldiers, and they give themselves in service to safeguarding our freedoms and uh, our safety. Uh, it's commonly, in fact, referred to when a person uh, enlists or joins. They'll say, I'm joining what? The service. And we refer to them as servicemen and women, don't we? Why? Because they are serving. They're serving, and it's in the highest form. I want to share a song. I've never, I don't sing it, but there's a song by Toby Keith. And I like the words, the lyrics. The title of it is American Soldier. I'm just trying to be a, a father, raise a daughter and a son, be a lover to their mother, everything to everyone. Up and at them bright and early, I'm all business in my suit. Yeah, I'm dressed up for success from my head down to my boots. I don't do it for the money. There's bills I still can't pay. I don't do it for the glory. I just do it anyway. Providing for our futures, my responsibility. Yeah, I'm real good under pressure, being all that I can be, and I can't call in on sick on Mondays when the weekend's been too strong. I just work straight through the holidays and sometimes all night long. 
You can bet that I stand ready when the wolf growls at the door. Hey, I'm solid. Hey, I'm steady. Hey, I'm true down to the core. And I will always do my duty no matter what the price. I've counted up the cost. I know the sacrifice. Oh, and I don't want to die for you, but if dying's asked of me, I'll bear that cross with honor because freedom don't come free. I'm an American soldier, an American. Beside my brothers and my sisters, I will proudly take a stand. When liberty's in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front lines. Sleep in peace tonight. American soldier. I'm an American soldier. Yeah, an American soldier. An American. I say salute to every man and woman in the military. Can you say amen? amen. And they do this in service to our country. The third thing we remember on Memorial Day is their courage. American soldiers have always been epitomized by their valor and their courage. The American Revolution had courageous soldiers fighting for the independence of our country. Uh, tyranny met fierce opposition in both World War I and World War II. I was privileged a few years ago to visit Okinawa more than once. And the first time, the pastor of Neighborhood Assembly of God, I was preaching to a military, uh, in a military retreat. We have five bases on o Okinawa Island. And many of the servicemen came and women. And he took me up on the hills of Okinawa where that battle was fought. And he showed me the harbor. He showed me where the ships were. He showed me how they were, where they were coming up that hill. And then he showed me pictures, foliage and trees and grass and greenery were all there now. In fact, there were monuments there. But in those pictures, there wasn't a shred of grass. The, 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 the firefight was so intense. There were no trees. There was no, no brush. Nothing, nothing was growing because of, of the hot battle that blazed and that soil felt the blood of men and women from the United States military. Why did they do that? Because they were courageous. They, they were giving their lives. They were serving you and me. They were fighting for freedom. Are you listening to me this morning? We need to remember that. The American soldier stands for what's right. We see faithfulness in Korea. As cold as it was, bitter winter, men got frostbitten, their toes almost fell off. They, they were in that bitter cold fighting. In the jungles and rice paddies of Vietnam, on and on we can go. And some of you were in some of those conflicts in those wars. Terror has been answered in Iraq and uh, Afghanistan. And it's all because of the courage of the American soldier. He defends, she assists, he serves. They're heroes. They keep on fighting. And what's more, they keep on re-enlisting. In the military, I think they call that re-upping. And you, you, you want, why would, why would you want to do that? It's because they love this country. And we ought to remember them. Well, number four, on Memorial Day, we 
we, we ought to remember our freedoms. Don't forget what they fought and bled and died for. Are you, can somebody at least one say amen? amen? Remember our freedoms. We need to remember our freedoms. Freedom is the motivation that drove them. That was the bottom line that kept them going. That's because like most Americans, and sadly that number is diminishing here today, even as we speak, and I'm deeply concerned about the communist and socialist spirit that has crept into the United States. But these men and women fought and do enlist because they believe that we have one creator and that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And so the American soldier is willing to serve, is willing to sacrifice, is willing to give his life and her life for that. And so I'm so grateful that we can celebrate the real reasons to have Memorial Day. Let me ask you this morning as we wrap it up, what was it about America that caused men and women from other nations around the world to risk their lives, their fortunes, that, that distinguishes this nation from uh, the nation to our north, the nation to our south, or wherever it is. People to come here. What is it that's driving people even now coming across the southern border? There are many things we know, but uh, among them, there are different motivations. Is there something about America that distinguishes us in the early days in our history? I believe there is. You see, if you've studied history at all, Canada was settled by the French explorers, and they were primarily looking for gold, weren't they? That's what their history points out. Mexico to our south uh, by Spanish explorers, and history bears out primarily they were also looking for gold. But when we learn more about the American settler, and, and we have a great historian in America, David Barton, Get his materials. Get that Founder's Bible. It's incredible. Get it as a gift for your children. It's got the real history of America. Before they change it, we need to get the real copy. Amen? Uh, and he points out that America was settled by men and women primarily. I'm sure they would like to have some gold, but they were looking for God. They were looking for a place to worship God and to honor God. They came here searching for a home where God would be exalted and worshiped in spirit and in truth with freedom and with liberty. And so our, our nation was, was founded on the word of God. How many believe that? America was founded on the principles of the word of God. You cannot read the Declaration of Independence. You cannot read the Bill of Rights. You cannot read the governance documents of our founding fathers without finding that it's laced with scripture and, and biblical truths and biblical principles because this nation was founded on the truth and the revelation of the word of God. Franklin Graham shared some insights recently in a copy of, the, of Decision Magazine, which I love uh, to receive and to read. And I'm gonna share some highlights 
with you. Uh, he points out that even now, uh, we are facing the possibility of discrimination against people of faith in our country, and it's on the rise. We see it all around us. Uh, there are two bills uh, being debated before Congress. One is the Equality Act, they call it, and the other is H.R. 1, and it's a bill that is termed uh, the For the People Act. And when, when those who read it and explain it say that neither one is for the people, neither one has that potential, and both will do serious damage to the free expression of our faith in Jesus Christ in so very many ways. That Equality Act, as they say, is supposedly seeking to protect the rights of transgender and gay people. But in so doing, uh, its very intent tramples on the rights of Christians and faith-based organizations to live and work by their biblically-based convictions. And so it's contradictory, and it's, it's an oxymoron at best. Uh, if, if, if the other one is called the For the People Act, and it's anything but for the people, and it poses to do more harm to Christians and the nation as a whole. In fact, it essentially is calling for the, redistrict, the redistricting of uh, commissions, bodies, if you will, that would bar or disqualify individuals from serving on either of those bodies because of their involvement in uh, churches or charitable organizations or because of their uh, statement of faith. Uh, totally discriminatory, totally un-American. Are you listening to me this morning? But these are some of the people in the driver's seat. That's why we need uh, to pray for an outpouring of the Spirit of God to come right down on Pennsylvania Avenue and on the White House and on, uh, on the courthouse, the, the, the Supreme Court, and on Congress and every house up there in Washington, D.C., and that the fire of the Holy Spirit would move in the hearts and the lives of men and women up there to stir their hearts. Because the, what our men fought and our women fought and bled and died for and many serving for now, the freedoms that we celebrate are slowly and steadily drifting away, especially from the anchor of the foundation of our belief in God. We've even turned our back on God in many ways in this nation. And if we continue to do so, I, I prophesy this morning, it will result in devastating consequences for the United States of America. The Bible says that it's the nation that fears God that he blesses. But sin is a reproach to any nation. And America is no exemption from that truth in the word of God. Could it be, my friends, that we are coming to those perilous points described in the end of the book of Judges, where the Bible says in Judges 21 verse 25, everyone did what was right in the sight of their own eyes. It seems like that's where we're living now. Just whatever you think is best. Existentialism. Whatever's right for you is right, and we'll not argue with it. It's your value system. It's your truth. How many know that kind of truth will lead you astray? In fact, my friends, there was a poster that had these words. Truth sounds like hate to those who hate the truth. Boy, is that true. Truth sounds like hate to those who hate the truth. 
And see, the bottom line is those who accuse believers of hate speech when believers are speaking about abortion and the sanctity of marriage between one man and one woman and other principles of the Word of God are they themselves those who hate God's truth because it is anchored in the Word of God, the founding document of the United States of America. Oh, hallelujah. And at the root of all of this contempt is an absolute rejection of the authority of God's Word. The Apostle Paul says this. He said, for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. That's what's happening all around us. That's why it's so vital for you to be faithful in church. That's why it's vital for you to hear the Word of God. Oh, my friends, don't absent yourself. No, the Bible says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, so much the more as you see the day approaching. And we see it. All of these things are happening. And it's part of our freedoms. Don't let it go. Don't let it slip by. Hold on to it. Hallelujah. Let's remember our God. The scripture is God's revelation to man. And it stands as the absolute eternal authority of man's life in every domain of his life. The Bible says this. Paul wrote to his son in the faith, Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, the word of the living God. It will stand forever. The word of God will stand. The flower fades, the grass withers, but Isaiah said the word of our God shall stand forever. Hallelujah. I want you to consider some of the realities that are under attack by hate speech. Oh, it's being reversed on us and we're the ones being accused of hate speech. But when the Bible speaks about gender, it says this, he created them, male and female. Genesis 5, verse 2. When the Bible speaks about marriage, it says that a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Female. His wife. Genesis 2, verse 24. When the Bible speaks about abortion, it says in the mother's womb, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. Psalm 139, verse 16. When the Bible speaks about sexual morality, it says in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3, for this is the will of God that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Are you listening to me this morning? When the Bible speaks about creation, Genesis 1, 1, the very first verse of the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Oh, hallelujah. We're serving the God of the Bible. And we lift up the Bible of the God who is true and whose word is ever true and forever settled in heaven. But a godless culture is seeking to radically redefine the moral norms of our day. 
and force them on you and me, force them on our children. I want to tell you, friends, if you have children in the public school, I urge you, I implore you, pay very close attention of what your children are being taught. The LGBTQ community is unleashed and they're now involved in early education. You, can't buy, you can buy Legos now that are to teach children that everybody's all right. And it's got the rainbow colors. Barbie's going to be in that number. All of the children's toys are going to be changed. To win. Are you listening to me this morning, church? Pray for first firewheel, our firewheel Christian Academy. We're seeing our enrollment increase. We've already had one grade that we've had. We're believing the Lord to just help us add another grade. We've got fifth, fifth grade full, but we want to add another one. And we want the school to be full. I ask you to pray that God will draw people to the truth. God will draw people to churches like this one in these last days so that people will seek God. These are the freedoms that we celebrate. But what I'm telling you, and I'm, ask, I'm giving an, a warning, an alert sound, is that we're seeing them just gradually slip by and ease out and people seem like they don't even know it, don't even pay attention, and it's going one by one, one by one. It's time for the church to stand up and be counted, to be salt and be light, and to make a difference in our world. Can you say amen to that? You can argue all you want. You can deny the truth all you want. But the word of God is the final authority. And we're going to stand on that. The great British preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this one time, I believe certain specific doctrines because God says they're true. And the only authority I have for their truth is the word of God. I'm right there with him. I believe they're true because God said it. Can you say amen? amen? The only hope for our nation as it continues to distance itself from God's anchor and God's truth is a genuine repentance, turning around, a spirit of repentance that our nation will come to itself. I even heard Governor Gavin Newsom, I won't use all the words he used. He used an expletive, but he, he, he shouted out in a news conference, what the is going on? And if he just let me for about five minutes, I believe I could help him know what's going on. That's what's going on, what I've been preaching about. And Jesus is coming soon. We must be ready. We must remember the wonderful sacrifice our Lord Jesus made for us, how he shed his blood. He didn't have to, but he did it because he loved, he loved us. He's part of the agape love of God. Well, I was going to preach a 20-minute sermon this morning. I don't know if I made it, but you about shouted me down, so I just, I'll just blame it on you. Tomorrow we'll celebrate Memorial Day. Hallelujah. We're celebrating it today, too. 
I know a lot of people just see it as another day off, three-day weekend or whatever. But as I've been sharing with you, many military families, especially those who've lost someone, a loved one or a friend, it means so much more than a barbecue or a day off. Do all of that. It's great. Yeah, have that. Enjoy. But as we prepare for that day, to remember those who died for liberty, let's also remember for the one of the one who died for us on that cruel cross. We remember Jesus. Would you stand with me, please? I'm wrapping up. You see, Jesus, remembering what he did and what he's doing is even more fitting than remembering the military. It's true. It's important to remember them. But remembering him is more important, if I could say it that way. He literally fought the armies of hell for you. And thank God he won. You have freedom. You have victory in him. So every day is a celebration of what Christ has done. I want to exhort you today. My challenge is this. Remember your freedom in America. Remember your freedom in Christ. God bless the courageous men and women of the U.S. military. Amen. Amen. I'd like to invite everyone who has served in the military would you just step out from where you're standing, whatever branch, whatever level of military service you have been in, would you come just stand right down front here and face this? Just face me. Come on. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes, Lord, we love you. We love you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. Man, I hope you feel the love that's coming toward you this morning. That's what that applause is all about. We appreciate you. We love you. I'm just going to ask you to say your name and the branch of service you were in, starting to my right. Clyde, what? say it loud so I, everybody can hear you. U.S. Army. Where were you stationed, Clyde? <laughs> Come on, Larry. Where were you? In the U.S. Army in Germany. Wonderful. Bill, you were Navy. Where you were? Where? Perez, uh, Germany, uh, Hamburg, same place. Uh, right. Thank the Lord. Welcome, my brother. God bless you. Thank you so much. Where were you, Bill? What's that? Oh, I was eight years reserve out of Dallas. 
Jerry Caldwell, Air Force, and Cooley Greenland in Greenland, Alaska. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> Aldridge, or rather Buddy Kelly, Aldridge Buddy Kelly. I served in the Korea conflict. I was in the <laughs> second division in Korea in the very beginning of it, and God brought me through it. And as a boy, I was raised in church, and I memorized the 23rd Psalm, and I said it over and over, and it proved itself. Thank you, Lord. But now I have eight great-grandchildren. I didn't think I'd see the sun come up, but God is always faithful. Hallelujah. I will fear the evil, for thy art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. My God prepareth the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. He anointeth my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word of God. Amen. Amen. I'm J.P. Brown. Many of you know who I am. For those of you who don't, um, I, my first duty station was 101st Airborne, where I served a peacekeeping mission in the Middle East. And then I was in the uh, second ID in Korea, uh, much later after Buddy. Uh, but I remember those who served there well and uh, heard many of their stories. In that theater, uh, I was in the first and only uh, airborne unit, uh, the second ID LERPS, HUA. All right. My name is Jeff Colvin. I served in the 325th Infantry Division of the 82nd Airborne, and Thank I was at Lord. Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Thank you, Lord. God bless these men, Lord. My name is Jeremy Jackson. I was with the 3rd Armored Cavalry Division in uh, Iraq and 101st Airborne in Afghanistan. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My name is Larry Hill. I was stationed on Fort Hood, Texas. Liberated Kuwait City. Thank you, uh, Lord. Thank God. Uh, Amen. Just had to reiterate on the sermon last Sunday. I told my wife I was going to say my little testimony, so I'm going to say it now. Uh, I learned how to speak with the gifts of the Spirit at war. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> my, name, my name's Mike Dice. I was in the U.S. Army. I served in Germany. Thank you, Lord. My name is Tim Hogan, and I served in the uh, United States Navy. I was on a destroyer out of San Diego and a destroyer out of Pearl Harbor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, my name is Jeffrey Martinez. I served in Fort Bliss, Texas, Afghanistan, uh, Korea, and Kansas. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> my name is Daniel Contreras. I served at Herbertville, Florida, and I was also in Afghanistan. Thank we're, you, Lord. We were there at the same time, actually. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you, Lord. My name's Kenneth Edney. I did my basic training at Fort Polk, Louisiana, served in Vietnam, and then came back to Fort Polk, Louisiana to train others to go to Vietnam. I was in the U.S. Army. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. God knows we love these men. We love these men. We have others who are serving in other places right now. I know Pastor Heidi, our children's pastor, she was in uh, U.S. Army. Uh, she met her husband, Clint Pingleton, in Mosul, Iraq, of all places. They compared notes and discovered they're both from Dallas and began to con 
compare further notes, they've both been brought up in Assemblies of God churches, and God touched their lives, brought them back to him and to each other, and now they're a vital part of First Ed Firewheel. Uh, I, we have pictures of Pastor Heidi driving that Humvee, I'm telling you, she, <laughs> she was military police. You don't mess with her. I want to ask one more question. If you're here this morning and you've had you, you, your family, you had the experience, uh, and, and one of your loved ones gave their life in service, if you're here, I'd like to ask you to come down as well. I'm not going to ask you to say anything, but I want to pray for you. Just come on down, and we just want to include you in this prayer. If you, if you have a loved one that was lost in service, I want you to do that. I, uh, I had an uncle that was airborne over, over China. They called it Indochina then. And uh, his plane was shot down in the jungles. It was, it's a long story, but thank God he brought him home and he gave his life to the Lord and I had the joy of preaching his funeral. In the book of Samuel, the Holy Spirit prompted these words in chapter 12, verse 23. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And I'll teach you the way that is good and right. But be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what good, great things he has done for you. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. We have a number of friends down here. Some have lost loved ones in the military. I know it's not possible for us to all come down here. And so as an expression of our love, would you reach your right hand out and symbolically lay hands on each one of these persons standing here? Would you just bless them in the name of the Lord? Pray for them now. Pray for their families. Our Father, how grateful we are that we can unite our hearts together. And with one voice, we lift our spirit together and we speak in gratitude to you faithfulness. Oh Lord, their lives speak of faithfulness. Their lives speak of dedication. Their lives speak of obedience and sacrifice and service. Oh God, I pray that your blessing will be upon each one of them. Thank you for those many days and hours of service that they gave, every sacrifice, every hardship that they had to go through to guarantee our freedoms, to safeguard our liberty. Bless them today, Lord. Let your blessing overtake them in the way. Let your blessings be multiplied in their lives. Bless their going out and their coming in, their families, their loved ones. We pray also especially for those who have lost loved ones. Let the comfort of the Holy Spirit touch not only them, but all of their family. Many families will be remembering, some will be grieving tomorrow. Would you put your arms around them, O oh Lord? Would you lift them? Would you encourage them? Would you strengthen them, I pray? And Lord, thank you that we are a church. Thank you for letting us be part of a church that remembers the sacrifice of your son, how he shed his blood on Calvary's cross. Lord Jesus, most of all, we're thankful for your sacrifice. And it's through faith in you that we have freedom from sin. We have liberty and joy and peace. We thank you for that in the wonderful name of Jesus. Tell somebody about Jesus.
invite somebody to be with you. Next Sunday, we're going to be honoring our graduates, our, all of our graduates. Graduation day, next Sunday. God bless you.